Hey friends, welcome back. I'm the Zim. This is the Zim video and we're back with the Art Professors podcast. We've had um, a couple friends visit us over the last couple of weeks, which we'll talk a little bit more about today. I do have a list of topics to kind of talk about, catch you up on my own personal journey. It's been about three weeks since um, I was able to do that with you. Before we get too deep into this party, got to remind you that May 13th through the 30th at the Hiram Van Gordon Gallery at Tennessee State University will be doing a live stream performance drawing 72 drawings of Justin Jones and 69 drawings of Justin Pearson during the span of 15 days. We'll be live streaming it. It'll be in the gallery. You can come down to the gallery if you're in the area. It's in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, but yeah, that's a major thing. Keep the spreading the word. Let's make it happen. We're going to need to raise some money to help support it as well. So if you want to contribute right now feel free to do that otherwise stay tuned for more official fundraising kind of efforts later on probably starting in the new year i'll be doing that but be basically like the goal would be to raise about five thousand dollars about three thousand of that will go to just a place to rent for the summer for the the month and then the the rest of it's just for food and just so i'm making sure i'm not stressing because as you'll hear later in this podcast i really frustrated with the financial situation that is happening right now i also have let's see how long it's been since the start of the, the school year where's my google calendar here nine weeks um we're about to start on our 10th week next week will be our 10th week of teaching at northwest missouri state university reminder that i got my undergrad at the university of washington got my graduate degree at san diego state university taught for a year at san diego state university and now I'm at Northwest Missouri State University teaching full time, mostly sort of graphic design courses. And I am, along with you, the art professors, plural. <laughs> it's not me, it's you and me. We haven't really gotten much engagement at all yet with the podcast, so not many people know about it at this point. Um, hopefully more artists and art professors will be interested in this conversation maybe it's one of those situations i really probably one of the, i don't know if i can um uh speculate you know it's just not interesting to current professors they're not really seeking out um what experiences are like for other people um i imagine imagine maybe it's more interesting possibly to people that want to do this versus people that are already doing this but maybe we can get more people involved i know i know where i live especially after the last couple of conversations i know where i even more so where i live in the spectrum of teaching as an art professor and um we'll talk more about that in a little bit going back to that kind of formalist versus theorist versus expressionist which i brought up to talking with david olson at um wellesley the chair at wellesley college about art we talked about that which we're going to dive into a little bit more today um we also last two weeks ago we talked to mirabel wiggin at csu sanislau um which is awesome so we'll, hopefully we'll get more conversations i mean that's the goal i don't know who to ask at this point i might start just cold calling or cold emailing people out there but my rule i have for myself at this point is i'm not trying to talk to the people that I currently work with until maybe a year after I've worked with them. Um, 
or so. And then I'm also the people, the professors that taught me, I am waiting a little bit longer to talk to them. So that kind of leaves out the San Diego state community and it leaves out the Northwest Missouri state community at this moment, unless maybe they approach me and say, Hey, I'd like to talk with you. If they approach me, then I'll, then I'll, um, consider it, but I'm not, um, seeking, like, I'm not seeking those conversations out yet. I'll wait a little bit longer for that to happen. So I'm just kind of trying to find other people in the community and the network, the, the broader professorship network to talk to a reminder as well, if you're listening to this, so this is available on all the podcast places, but the most important place to consume it would be on YouTube, youtube.com slash the Zen video. Be sure to find the YouTube page and give us a subscription. That's the most important. We're trying to grow my YouTube channel. I'm, I'm hoping to get to a hundred thousand subscribers someday. So maybe this podcast can bring us a couple thousand at least. Um, who knows? I, I, I don't think, I think it's uh, perfectly reasonable to think that there could be a couple thousand people out there that are interested in this conversation. So, but they don't know about it yet. Maybe we have like 10 people <laughs> at this point that actually know about this podcast. Maybe, I don't even know. Um, maybe even less than that. So we'll see if it finds, it finds people. I'm not doing, a, I'm not being very aggressive at all at, um, trying to find people. I post on TikTok and Instagram. I do uh, a little cut of like one minute of the podcast. And just every time I post it out, I post it to those places, Facebook, um, obviously YouTube as well. And then hopefully the search algorithms, when people are searching for topics, maybe they type in art or whatever. Hopefully I got it situate, situated right that maybe this podcast shows up on like the podcast catcher places, but I don't know. So if you are all interested in supporting, maybe just share it out with your community. That'd be great. Oh, speaking of podcasts, I I'm going to also link up in the description of today's podcast. I was on the behind the Bearcat podcast, which is the podcast from Northwest Missouri state university. Um, that they just talked to their faculty and people involved with the school. And I told them a while ago, I was like, I want to be on the podcast. And they said, sure. So <clears throat> it finally dropped. I recorded it about a month or a little more than a month ago. And it dropped today, October 27th. I just yawned right there. And that's a big part of the conversation I want to talk about today is I've been really tired um, lately. So trying to do this whole thing has been really interesting on the energy level of being able to yeah, just do it. the energy. We'll talk more about that. I wanted to start. So I have a, where did I want to start? I don't even know where I wanted to start. First thing I'm going to start with, I'm actually, so the cat is a little more, even more out of the bag. <laughs> Ironically, bear cat, cat, um, more of my students know that I'm not going to be coming back next year. Um, and you know, I haven't told them, I haven't even told you like everything about like why, but the bottom line is I just want to keep, I just feel like I want to keep feeling like I'm moving forward with this journey. And I don't think really that's staying here. will do that for me. And it's like, I want to, um, yeah, it's been, uh, I don't know. I just want to, I just don't feel it. It's like the vibe it's if, it, if I can just be as vague and, but I'm just like, this is not, I don't, 
This doesn't interest me to stay here. I'd rather take the leap of faith again and see what else is offered. And even if I don't get another job, at least I'm clearing the space for it. And I know there's a lot of philosophies. And then, well, you should just keep working at one place until you've, and it's like, I don't work that way. I don't want to stay in a space that doesn't make me really excited um, just because, you know, I want to go like, well, this isn't working. So maybe I could fill that space with something else. And the big part, going back to the time, like the energy factor is like, I'm really honestly frustrated at this point that I haven't been able to be an active uh, creative as much as I want to. I want to be making work every week. And right now, I'm not able to do that just because my energy is like, it takes a lot of energy, my time. So this is a few things I've realized um, up to this point. So what did I say? We're at, on 10 week or something like that. Um, it takes a lot of, of energy to teach five classes. It just takes a ton of, and it's weird because it's like, you're just standing there talking to your students and by the end of the day, I, I teach like two classes a day, an hour and 50 minutes each class, two times a week. I mean, two times a day. Um, some of them are spaced out. Some of them are back to back. And that's just, you know, basically four hours. And after that four hours, I'm tanked. And it feels like, why are you tanked? You All you did was, you know, it's only four hours. Why are you tanked? And it's a combination of things. It's partly because it does take a lot more out of you, the energy to like be neurally on, to be present for your students is, it takes a lot, you know? If you're just, if you can turn off the brain and just do some kind of, I don't know, something else, um, maybe it doesn't ex tap you out as much as it, it can when you have to have your brain on the whole time. Um, I don't know, that's maybe part of it, maybe part of it is, you know, just other surrounding circumstances affecting my, you know, just state of mind, make, making me feeling a little depressed. You know, the, the money factor hasn't been a great thing right now. And hopefully, I don't know, the situation I'm in, it's not like I was hoping that I would have, basically, I've said this a few times, I was hoping I wouldn't struggle just to be able to buy groceries every month. You know, I thought that, I, I just, I don't know, I didn't know. I didn't know how much I would be making really until I just started. I mean, it was such a tight window. And then they, 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 the, um, all the expenses that I personally have, I mean, who's gonna, I don't know. I don't feel like the, the expenses that I have, like my debt is out of the range of what probably a lot of people have. So in order to support paying that off and living, it's not happening right now. And my goal as you, some of you, those of you, well, I'll just assume you don't know what I'm talking about. I have a goal to make an extra 10,000 for the year um, between August and August. And so far I've only made like $400 extra. One thing I am grateful for is, um, it looks like my YouTube revenue is starting to turn up again. Like this month I might get about 150 from YouTube. And last month I had about $95 that I didn't get yet. So in, so we're in October right now, November, around November 20th is when YouTube gives their deposit for their ad, you know, their, you know, what you make off YouTube. So I should be like a 250 bucks or so, which will be great. So hopefully that can keep going. Um, the goal with YouTube is definitely to get a thousand dollars a month. That's the goal. But I have the close, the most I've ever made off YouTube is like 300 a month. So, and that happened a few times.
So with this kind of idea of low energy, not being able to produce the, as much work as I want to, um, it's making this podcast right here my main focus of my creative outlet. Like I, it's like working well. Part of the problem, like, so those in the back, those that are watching in the back behind me, there's a hallway, and then there's another room back there where my studio is um, for making work. But part of the problem is I don't like I don't make work just to make work. I make work as a performative kind of thing. So to having just the just having to move the camera from this space to that space, having to move the lighting from this space to that space is enough to be like, God, it makes it undesirable to do the the, the idea. But what I'm going to start trying to this is my goal. So what I've noticed is when I do my game streams, I just sit right here where I am right now. It's really easy to just turn everything on and I'm good to go. And it's like, I just get to sit. So it's not that difficult where I could see the perception of, well, you have the energy to do your game stream, but you don't have the energy to do your art making. It's different. It's very different. Part of it is just the logistics. It's like, I don't have to do anything other than turn it on. When I do my art stream, I got to move everything. I have to set it all up. It's like, it's like, it's frustrating, especially with my energy level isn't that high to begin with. Um, so if I had my art stream set up so I could just basically turn it on, the laptop is easy to just unplug and plug in. So that's easy. It's the other stuff that's a pain in the butt. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping that maybe soon I can get a second camera. I think I can get the same camera I have for around 350 bucks um, off of eBay. So, and that'll help a lot. I'll just be able to go in there, plug in my laptop and, and hit re go and start making. So I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try really hard to make Saturdays my art making days. Although as I say that, I know tomorrow is Saturday and I, I'm not possibly, it might not work this Saturday, so whatever. We'll try really hard to make Saturday because I what I recognize is when I'm, ready to do a game stream or something like that i don't care about anything else that's going on like it becomes this priority because i love live streaming it's like it's just that anything i need to follow up on with with schoolwork or with whatever i'm just like i'll do it later but when i think about my art stream i think about oh i have this other work to do and like the other work a lot gives me the excuse to not do the art stream and i do not like that combined with what i just told you about having to set it all so it's like i allow myself to put things in the way of it and and make it an excuse not to do it so i need to reshift that that idea because what's happening for me right now is i i'm not feeling like i'm i'm i don't feel the thing that i feel like is going to make the difference for my life is making art and I could be wrong about that. I'm probably wrong about that. But what it feels like is that's what's going to do it. That's the goal I have is making the art. So if I'm not making any art, then how are my goals going to get achieved? And right now I haven't made anything. And it's like really making me angry. Um, like how this whole thing is playing out. Like last year, I, I taught two classes and I made a lot of art. And it felt the balance felt really nice this year i'm teaching a lot and i'm not making any art and it's like how can i how can i provide how can i do this how can i be 
a teacher of this if I'm not doing the thing? And it's really um, frustrating. I'm really having a frustrated moment with it. I don't know. I probably shouldn't. I'm just being real with y'all. I'm being real with y'all. So if you can't handle it, can't handle the truth, then um, find somewhere else to talk about. But anyways, so I have to figure out the balance. The balance is off right now, and it's really frustrating me, especially since I'm not I, like I'm broke. I'm completely broke. I asked my mom for forty dollars last night because I'm like I need forty dollars till Tuesday to actually like. I'm just like I need you know I needed a. I was out at um campus and I didn't have any lunch so I was like I can't not be eating you know I need it and so I went and grabbed some food and anyways this this there's just there's it's just the things things aren't quite lining up in the way that I'm happy about right now so we'll we'll have to fix that we'll have to fix that I don't even know I don't even know I'm gonna publish this because nobody's listening to this podcast anyway so I'm gonna publish this but um, one of the things I'm wishing, I'm hoping for is that, um, so my goals moving forward with my c- kind of career as an artist and an educator is you've been hearing me say, I want to do visiting faculty. That's like a major goal of mine is doing visiting faculty. And there's one, at right now there's one place that I would apply to that I'm going to apply to that would change that conversation. And that's the University of Washington. Um, And they have a position open now that I'm going to apply to. It's like interdisciplinary art, which perfect because that's who I am an interdisciplinary artist. Um, I don't know if I have enough you know, experience yet or uh, my CVs packed enough for them to really take me seriously versus others um but we'll see i'm gonna apply to it i've read a couple nights ago i reworked all my you know teaching statement my cover letter my you know i I just tweaked everything i have a one more couple more tweaks i want to do to my uh pdf portfolio that i'm sending them but um i don't know they're not very clear they only ask for one portfolio and they're not clear if that one portfolio includes your professional work and your student work like your students or if they just want your professional work because typically it's like 20 images they ask for and from my experience from last year was it was about 20 images of each typically it was like one portfolio of your professional work and one portfolio of student work they didn't ask for they didn't distinguish what this portfolio is they just said a portfolio of 20 images that's all they said so i emailed them yesterday and asked a couple questions two questions i asked they they also do the the letter of recommendation thing different like most of the last year when i was applying most places just asked for the names and i assumed that the way they did it was once they read your resume they go like oh like we like or whatever that read read through your application in um you know submissions they said like oh we like this person let's let's see what their con let's see what their references say in this situation we're using this program called interfolio you're supposed to put the names of your references in and basically request the letters it seems like right at the moment you apply which and then they ask for a date to put on that and I don't know what date to put on. Should I put on the date that the application is due or should I, does it, do they allow like your people 
you're to have a little bit longer, like maybe a month or something. And I'm like, this, I hate this. You know, I honestly, it's, it's kind of making me frustrated because I like the other system, just submitting the names and then they take care of the request. That's what I prefer. I wish it worked that way because it's really making me feel anxious because I don't want to like submit my, the application and then the people I'm asking for the references, like, oh, that's due today. It's like, you know, so I'm going to email them individually and say, hey, I've just applied to this job at the University of Washington. Uh, I don't know when you need to send your letters, but get them, get to them when you can. Uh, but thankfully, two of them, I'm actually asking one person from the current, my current school. So um, the other two people have kind of something already written probably from last year. So it's not too much of a burden, hopefully. Anyways, that's 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 what I'm saying is I'm applying to the University of Washington um, and I figure I speak it into existence, right? Because what I was thinking, I actually wrote down, the first thing I wrote down on my like topics for this week is being headhunted. Like I would love to get to the point in my career, like right now, I would love it if this, these podcasts or the art I did or something, um, like a university like seeked me out they were like we really like your philosophy we, we've been listening to your podcast we want you to be teaching at our school or whatever you know like we want that so but i don't know that's probably not gonna happen but who knows it could happen um let's do i'm gonna jump into um talking about i want to try this thing where we so one of the things i listen back to all the podcasts i make and we just had a couple interview podcasts with some other um, professors of art. And I want to re not recap them, but look at parts of the conversations we had and just kind of go a little bit deeper. So this first one with Mirabal Wigan was a couple weeks ago. She's, as I said, at CSU Sanislau, um, teach painting professor, um, kind of similar part of her career that I am, you know, been, been teaching maybe a year longer. I think she graduated a year before I did from graduate school. Um, we, we were talking about that idea of, you know, I, I, I asked the question of, is there any kind of philosophy you have for teaching art specifically? Like, what is it that you want your students to know kind of, um, and how do you like what's important to you? What's in what's in sort of important to you? And I kind of led it to that foundations place. So let's take a listen to what she had to say from our conversation a couple of weeks ago. Um, and we'll we'll return in a second. I guess after like reflecting on my own experience going through undergrad and then graduate school, I feel like foundation is is very important, like an understanding. A strong, and I think this is like where we could talk about it more, right? Like a strong understanding of foundational skills, which could help them develop like a coherent visual language. And like, this is like the part where we could like elaborate on, I was like, what does understanding actually mean? And I think understanding is different than like virtuosity. So I kind of start there, right? Like, so now that we listened to what Maribel said, she was talking about understanding concepts of art is different than like 
virtuosity like actually like being good at explaining them and when when she was so i remember when we were having this part of the conversation this is what i was referencing earlier a little bit in this podcast where i'm understanding who i am more so she has much more of an academic way of talking about being an artist and being an art professor i know i have much more of a blue collar way of talking and and dealing with stuff more kind of like I just like, like I say, like a lot when I'm talking, I'm like, I'm different. I, the way that I kind of present ideas is more, I don't know, not as academic, just to put it, to put it that way. So when she was talking, I got, I, I honestly got a little bit, I don't know if intimidated is the right word, but I, I noticed that her way she was talking was like, Oh, Ooh, am I like, am I going to even understand what she's about to say or, or ask? And so I, I kind of psyched myself out in a little bit. And so I didn't really, I wasn't able to really hear her in that moment until I listened back. And she said this moment of, you know, understanding versus virtuosity. And I was like, oh, this actually does align very clearly with how I think about it in terms of what, where's the emphasis that you really want to put And I think there are still a lot of artists, professors, educators that kind of demand more virtuosity sooner than they should. Um, And this is something I could have responded to her about, but I, I wasn't able to hear her fully, but it's okay. We had a great conversation anyway. But that's the point I wanted to point out here was like, what does it mean to understand? And I have a very, very, very loose definition of what it means to understand compared to i think a lot of potential um art educators and i think you know we're gonna this this will kind of like go straight into the excerpt that i'm going to share with david um because it's this idea of as an art educator where do you rest your where do you start with, in a sense, for your um, personal kind of like desire to make sure the students know um, about, in a sense, to make sure like where do you start? I guess I don't know. I'm not finding the right way to talk about it, but and the what I titled this podcast is that idea of formalist versus theorist versus expressionist, and we'll and we'll hear David say he he thinks of a, a more of a philo- philosophical space um but i think that kind of depends on the space as which he is teaching so we'll listen to that in a second but but i'm i'm very 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 much most interested in the expression of the student like so going back to you know understanding the concepts so like you know the understanding versus the virtuosity is like i I mean, I don't even care in a lot of ways if they're virtuous, they're they're virtuistic in their ability to express the ideas. I do want them to try to understand them, and hopefully, you know, I think the understanding comes through the like the understanding. You know, this is my thought: is like you get to be about fifty to sixty percent of understanding within the four years of your education. 
And I think a lot of our, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say most our professors probably want to want their students to feel like they're 90 to a hundred percent understanding, even if they're not virtuistic. But I'm, I think it takes a long, long, long time to really understand it. And then it takes even longer time to be virtuistic with that understanding. So it's like to expect a student to understand it. Like the, I give a lot of breath a lot of leeway because is that's the conversation that's the whole like not the whole point but that's a very big point of deciding to be an artist is having that conversation about these ideas these principles like how do you express them how do you use them and that constant should constantly be evolving as you're researching and as you're looking at other artwork and as you're expressing your own so it's like even if you feel like you have an understanding it should still be evolving. Your understanding of that should still be evolving and eventually helps you get closer to the virtuistic, you know, expression of it. Um, I don't know. That's how I feel about it. So it's been, you know, that's uh, a space of conversation because I really feel like a lot of art schools try to define understanding as being virtuistic. <laughs> I think, you know, they, they, they try to, they, they don't think you understand or won't accept your level of understanding until you can express it with a degree of virtuosity. Um, I don't even know if I'm using those words right. So that's, that's um, how I'm responding to what Mirabelle and I talked about. Let's listen to what Dave talked about. This one, this snippet's a little bit longer. I asked him the question of, you know, where does he fall in the spectrum or is he consider himself a formalist, a theorist, or an expressionist? We'll go into more details about that after we listen to Dave. Three um, categories in the way that I'm defining them for how to approach, like, what's the most important aspect of teaching for a person. And I'm saying, like, there are teachers that lean into, like, the, 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 the theory of an idea, like, the, the kind of, like, references history like the theory the the isms like that's a super important part of their their pedagogy right and then there's the i say i'm calling it the formalist the ones that are like very into making sure that you know all the principles of everything and can display them and, and present them perfectly you know that idea and then i'm having another category called like the expressionist and like trying to draw out the student's individual kind of what they do regardless if it fits under a formalist or theorist kind of ideas like what are they really expressing so those are like the three categories i i think are really good maybe there's a couple more that you already know of or think of but um where do you think you fall on that spectrum when you're teaching like how do you what do you lean into the most and what's important to you to make sure your students kind of know yeah well I'm in a different category now. I'm like definitely in the philosopher guru category. Like most of me, most of my time spent in class is just having conversations about, you know, the universe, the meaning of life, the world, <laughs> you know, just trying to, just trying to like let everybody know that it's okay to fail and it's okay to like, you know, let your guard down and, and kind of, you know, share you know, because ultimately when you're making art, you're, you're sharing your, your insight, your soul, your, 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 your being. Right. Um, but when I started, I definitely, you know, was toward, I guess, maybe category two, right. Like the, 
like the Bauhaus like design and, you know, trying to like talk about, you know, how to see things anew, right? Like, mm-hmm. like unlearning everything that you learned about, you know, growing up um, and, and understanding the universe, right? I, I, I did use a lot of like kind of scientific um, kind of concepts to like, uh, to describe how how people like navigate the universe and then how to unlearn those things so you can see again right like uh, oftentimes I would talk about like you know as we like navigate the universe we like see a chair and we call it a chair and so when somebody tells us to draw a chair we draw what, like what we imagine a chair to be but if you actually look there's no chair that's alike everything is a shape or a thing but you know in order to like move around space we have to simplify space, right? To 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 get through a get through a space. Otherwise, if we just like looked at everything as it was brand new, every time we like stepped outside, we would we would we would crumble, right? We'd fall apart. So it was a lot about kind of like working through students' understanding of like why we do the things we do, why we have these like biases, and then and then being able to like let those kind of things go. So you know, a lot of my teaching was about observation and just seeing again. All right. As we heard Dave's talk about, um, he's at a point, so he's the chair of his department. And I thought about this later, like when he started talking about it, I was like, oh, geez, he's not even, it's like, does, does being a philosopher fit under the theorist? Is that like a sub, like a sub part of being a theorist in art or is that a whole different section i don't know let me know what you think i don't know i don't have an answer for that because like for me there's like going back to what i mentioned about with maribel like the the formalist types i think are the ones that really want that um understanding of concepts to be expressed virtuistically the formalists want that. They they are really concerned with you making that development of knowing what a concept is and then expressing it more virtuistically. That's the formalist. The theorist wants you to really understand like the isms, like the 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 the, the people that are you know writing about art and what it means and. You know, they want you to understand those those kind of movements of art and why they happen like they did and be influenced, like understand your research and influence, which is very important to me, although not as in, in as so important that you understand all the names. Like I don't even know the names. I can't even drop a name right now because I don't know the names of like the the people that have like 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 thought about this and written about it. Um but I know I want my students to have know where their influences come from and that's part of that is the theory but part of it is just other artists and just what so that's there's like a a, a, it's a pretty big basket and does philosophy then fit under there or is philosophy just totally somewhere else and then there's the expressionist which i 100 percent follow so if, if there was a venn diagram right the circles is that what a venn diagram is like I'd have a big circle with with um, expressionists. It would overlap with the theorists, and then it would overlap a little bit with the formalism. And then philosophy is like I kind of feel like it live. It's interesting to start what it means. To, like I really feel like it's not a foundational element. Like 
formalism theorists and expressionists can you can start there but to get to the philosophy you have to go through you have to have some you have to play around in these first three before you get to the philosophy part a little bit more and so and that makes sense because dave is now he's only teaching one class he's he's chair of the department he's probably teaching um upper division classes versus the foundational level so that starting the conversation with the the philosophy makes sense for the position that he's in so that's that's my response to the episodes that we had so hopefully you can go back and listen to them um and add your own thoughts and comments as well um you know i'd love to hear what you think a couple of things that also happened this last uh since we last kind of got a chance to really to dig in and talk to you about my experience as a art professor as i did end up going to the museums in uh kansas city we took a field trip with the students a couple of weeks ago that was really cool went to the modern art museum went to the the big museum i don't remember the names of them the big just art museum down there um and then we went to one of the other professors uh studio who has a studio in kansas city and he talked to us about his practice which was really cool so it was just nice it, it was a long day it was nice to get out and see the artwork and got inspired um seeing some artwork so hopefully i can apply it to my own artwork that was really cool one of the other things that re- happened this last couple of weeks like i feel like i'm at a point in my time here that i'm able to connect like the students are feeling better or not better necessarily but they understand that i'm here for them like i'm here for to really give them everything i have and i think they're starting to recognize that because i've had the highlight of the week was like in my two-dimensional design class like overall this last week the everybody was low energy like low energy across the board and i think it comes from this first semester and i've talked about this before there's no we need a a break like a week-long break between the beginning and thanksgiving there needs to be like a week-long break no school so everybody can just kind of recharge and i don't know i know and it's i don't think it's unreasonable i think that's the luxury of being in higher education and going to school is you're not necessarily um have to follow what our messed up rules of society are right now anywhere where where it's like you just work and work and work and work and work you know we can have a little more luxury of breathing through this process and i really feel like there needs to be a week-long break before now um because it's it's apparent it's happened every time i've taught there's been this it gets you you start to feel this kind of slog and like people are just unmotivated they're overwhelmed like give the students a chance to catch up on work on whatever um i really feel like there needs to be another break before thanksgiving thankfully at this school thanksgiving is a whole week where at san diego state it was just like the three days or whatever and it was dumb because the first part of the week monday and tuesday nobody showed up anyway so why not just make it a complete week break i don't know why they don't do that but they don't but um yeah so thankfully this school it's a whole week which i'm looking forward to um yeah we'll be doing that so i did have in my two-dimensional design class a lot of the students left early because we were just kind of working and it's fine but like about five students stayed and we just had this really great kind of conversation about life politics 
just what's going on. And it was just a really nice moment. And I really, I was like, it was like, I think it could rate as my favorite moment of the semester so far. I was like, this is what I'm here for. This is what I want. I want to just be available to the students to have conversations, to kind of think about ideas and have nothing to do with the class necessarily. It's just like we're here growing as human beings together. And that's, it felt really good. And then like I had a couple, my office hours were actually pretty busy this week. I had a couple of students just come in to, to talk about their experience with the classes and needing support. And so more of my students are kind of coming to me for support and having more engaged conversations with me this week. So it was really, it was really cool. So thank you students. Um, if you know who you are, you know who you are. I really appreciated it. It really helps because I've been struggling a little bit over the last few weeks with the whole, the whole thing. I just, and it like having, knowing my students value me um, really helps, really helps a lot. All right, we already talked about time management a little bit, how I'm going to try to do that. Um, and then that's it. That's all I got today. That's what I got. Um, so hopefully you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, like I said, find it on YouTube, follow us, subscribe to us, and um, go check out the Behind the Bearcat podcast. I'll link it up below. I'm not sure if I, I might have, I probably said a little bit. I, yeah, I told you already, I'm, I, I Zoomed with the, gallery curator at Northwest or at Tennessee State University for the exhibition I'm going to be doing this summer, May 13th through the 30th at their Hiram Van Gordon Gallery. Um, we'll be there in the summer. Basically all of May I'll be in the state. Uh, the week before I'll be prepping the, the gallery. So I, the conversation I had with her, there's no, it doesn't seem like I'm going to be able to just live on campus for the month so that's disappointing so i'm gonna have to come up with some extra money to rent a airbnb or something so we'll see how that plays out i don't know I, there's just a lot i don't know i don't know how people make money <laughs> i don't know it's just this the whole money piece of this is whatever it's frustrating but hopefully it's making my art better because there's that angst or whatever involved with it um there's some kind of desire there's some kind of like you know thing it's like i think about it it's like if i should become financially secure and successful in a way will that make my art less you know good um because it's like i'm i'm relaxed you know this stress that i'm under this frustration i'm under does that add to and it's like a i don't know it's probably a dumb thing to think about because it's like I've thought about it before. It's like you don't have to be depressed and tired and angry to make good art. You know, you can be not that, but there's this trope in the art world that you need to be struggling to make good art in a way. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think about it? Let me know. But um, May 13th through the 30th in Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee will be there. Hopefully Justin Jones and possibly Justin Peterson will stop by during the exhibition. That's That would make it. If I could get a picture with them next to my artwork, next to me, I would be like, done. <laughs> that would, that's like the, that would be enough. Obviously if somebody decided to buy the exhibition afterward, that would even be awesome. I'm still trying to sell my Kataji Brown Jackson drawings. Uh, I sent out a bunch of emails a while ago. I haven't, no, no follow-ups have occurred since then. So whatever, we'll see if anything happens there, but, um, I don't know. I don't think I have anything else. I'll probably 
the moment, I don't know, we'll see. We'll see what else I might have to say. But anyways, until next time, my friends, be loving, kind, and patient. Peace. Peace.